Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any NBA playoff game. If either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use code CHAMPION200 when you make your first bet. Sign up now and discover BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three in any nba playoff game visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions 21 years of age or older to wager virginia only new customer offer all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit free bets expire seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-888-532-3500 the music cue the pyro techniques Good evening, everybody, and welcome. We're back. We're live on Spreaker.com slash Corner to Corner and C2CRadioShow.com, the newly newly fine-tuned and tweaked C2CRadioShow.com. We are live right now at C2C Radio. Myself, Stan Grubb, my tag team partner, Brian Taylor. So, hey, in the odd news of the website, Saga. We always we always like to thank everybody that checks out the site. We definitely appreciate everybody from from China to Canada to Denmark. I saw that a couple weeks ago, and of course, of course, the United States. But upon doing some research and and looking into the analytics of our website, a whole lot of fancy talk that doesn't mean jack. Um, it's over a hundred thirty thousand visits coming from the United States, Russia, France, Germany, and Ireland in just the past month. Uh, And that's on the past 30 days. So from May 17 into, well, we'll say roughly April 17. Not too shabby. I want to say that, you know, we should at least win a comedy award. Well, in these trying times, how could we not be considered inspirational? We're pushing forward. <laughs> and the Russian Federation and Germany. I don't understand this stuff. I just know that that's what it says. So if everybody's connecting to the website through a VPN and just saying they're in Germany, that's cool too. <laughs> do what you gotta do. Uh, well, let's see here. So 
there's not really a whole lot of news going on in the wrestling world. So, of course, we'll talk about uh, AEW. We'll talk a little bit about um, <clears throat> the release of, or the upcoming release of Retro Mania Wrestling, which is going to be available on the Nintendo Switch and Xbox. Uh, and then, of course, there's the obvious news, which is, and we might as well just go ahead and lead off with it, Becky Lynch announces Monday, live during Raw, that first and foremost, the Money in the Bank contest for the women was not actually for a contract for a title shot, but was for the Raw Women's Championship instead, because as she would provide the information to Asuka and dub the Women's World Champ, she also announces that Asuka can go and be a warrior while she is going to go and be a mother. I don't think there's ever been a time that I can recall where they've acknowledged in, in such a positive and powerful way. I mean, really, the whole roster, everybody on air in the broadcast booth, very congratulatory. And then, <laughs> the funny thing is, the entire time, and maybe it's not so funny, but the entire time that everybody's congratulating Becky and celebrating her, her announcement, and Asuka has so quietly turned into a good guy now, Nobody mentions that, hey, I'm so happy for you and Seth. And so the whole time this is going on, I'm thinking, oh, God, they're not going to do it. They're going to do a who's the daddy angle. No. <laughs> Thankfully, they didn't. I thank the WWE for avoiding the obvious. But it was I was counting on it to happen by the time the main event came because nothing seemed to add up i'm like okay great that's great congratulations becky way to go i mean the rumor had already been out there but it was just it seems so telegraphed seth's basically lost his mind so on monday night raw that's the other part that really stood out of course there's there's one thing that that did take place and that was the return of the iconics hey you know entertaining television that's not a bad thing so the iconics came back they win a non-title match against alexa bliss and Nikki Cross. They, of course, Alexa and Nikki Cross talk about, oh, congratulations for, for Becky. We're so happy for her, which is the flavor of the night. Not that I have anything wrong with, you know, everybody celebrating it, but it was just like, okay, this was interesting. And then Shayna Baszler, of course, says that, you know, she should be ashamed of herself for getting pregnant and having a parasite living off of her. And whew, I don't know, man. It, it felt... When, when Shayna commented on it, it felt very Attitude-esque. So I, I guess they're continuing with the whole um, work-shoot kind of thing with, with Shayna. <laughs> so Monday night was actually not bad. Now, the wrestling wasn't great. I'm not going to lie. I watched it. I would say I kind of half-watched. That's kind of what I'll do is I'll have especially lately, and, and I'll talk more about this as we continue to go, but I've found a lot of wrestling simulators and sports simulators that I've really been messing with. <clears throat> a lot of nerd stuff. Nerdvana, if you will. But there was a, a tag match which, hey, by the way, Rey Mysterio, Aleister Black, miraculously lived after being thrown off the roof during Money in the Bank. It's true. What a crappy-ass year. I mean, wrestling has overall... I would say that wrestling has been challenged and has suffered in a lot of ways. 
but wrestling has been just kicked around ever since uh, COVID-19 really broke loose. Um, AEW continues to deliver in solid shows. We're going to talk about the ratings here in a little bit. And the only reason I want to bring up ratings isn't because it's celebrating a victory or a loss, but just the, the dramatic drop in viewership that we're seeing. Now, I feel like what we're seeing with these view, viewership ratings is that people are just getting bored with the same old thing. I don't think it's an indication of an audience overall clicking off and just not wanting to watch. I just think they're waiting for something new. And that's probably in front of an audience is really what they're looking for. <clears throat> but uh, just to close out Raw, because like I said, not much really happened on Monday Night Raw that was really a standout to me. I did want to point out what happened with Seth Rollins. And no, I'm not talking about the fact that he knocked up Becky Lynch. Although, hey, you know, congrats, Sarah Nordic. Way to go. Good job. There's a lot of people out there right now that are saying they hate you. But hey, it's okay. Um, no, what I want to talk about is the character progression that Seth Rollins underwent in a segment that took place. And Brian, I don't know if you saw this or not. So I joked and said that we've learned that Aleister Black and Rey Mysterio miraculously survived their toss off the roof. Mysterio actually multiple times throughout the night, Mysterio talks about how he can't believe how lucky he was to survive and how much of a blessing it was. And you should have known from the amount of talking that poor Ray was about to undergo some really hellacious treatment. And boy, did he ever. So Seth gets to a point where he's in a dazed funk. He's not doing anything. He's just standing there and Buddy Murphy is working the whole match. Aleister Black and Rey Mysterio taking turns, just beating the tar out of him. And in the middle of everything, Ray knocks Seth off the apron. Seth goes down. He starts... He kind of powders out, and if you're not sure what powder means, please go to BETE on YouTube, and Matt Hardy will be certain to explain it. So he kind of powders out, and as he's standing there, the next thing you know, he snaps, and he slaps Buddy Murphy and says, no, I got it, I got it. And this is where the whole thing gets weird. They ring the bell. It's a no contest all of a sudden. Before anything happens, mind you, and then Seth, takes Rey Mysterio, beats the, beats the crap out of him, and then takes his eye, I believe it's his left eye, and grinds it into the top of the steps. Now, of course, Rey's got it, you know, his eye closed, and you can see that he's, he has his hands just so, so he's, he's trying his hardest to keep as little but as much space between his face and the stairs as possible, if, if you can catch what I'm saying. But as Seth pushes down and grinds down, you get that, that oh-so-wonderful color where they say red means green's, green's green. And damn it, they didn't try to make it seem like Seth gouged out Rey Mysterio's eye with the top of the steps. I've never seen anything like that outside of the spike incident with Dusty and the Road Warriors. I mean, as far as straight up trying to jab someone's eye out. And having color in the whole nine yards. Like, I was like, damn. There we are. We're on the couch. And I said, like, I was just half watching. I really wasn't paying close attention. I did watch the basketball segment between the uh, War Raiders and um, Street Profits. I thought that was actually a pretty entertainment segment. Entertaining segment. It ran a little long, but whatever. Um, but, no, th this thing with Seth and Ray, I was like, damn. Did somebody just finally tell Seth and Ray, you know what, guys? Just... 
make people really uncomfortable. Because as he's grinding and pushing his head into the top of those steps, that's how I felt. There's blood and, and just awkwardness of somebody's eye being apparently gouged out with, with a set of steel, steel steps. And here's the thing, and, and again, what we're talking about here is, you know, WWE has essentially creatively written off Roman Reigns, almost to say he just doesn't exist at the moment while he's off television. And the question I posed to Brian initially was, hey, is it possible for a return of anyone at this time, a superstar who hasn't been on television for, say, six months, for that person to pop the crowd and truly get, like, the old school welcome back pop? And outside of, like you said, like like The Rock, Edge, of course, who just recently, um, Stone Cold, maybe maybe Mick Foley years back. I don't know that he could do it now. I don't think he still pulls in the same reaction. Um, and Kurt Angle when he did. But it's weird because, you know, with, with Roman, we joke and we put, we put the guy down, we build him up. It's all kinds of different stuff. But the dynamic of it is this. It doesn't matter who it is now. If it was Roman, if it was Brock, if it was Drew McIntyre, if it was, I mean, there's a lot of guys right now that if they just disappeared and then eight months down the road came back, I don't know that they'd get a reaction outside of a a modest welcome back kind of reception. And then the next week it's back to business. And it was at this point when I realized that the audio for the show was not correct. Unfortunately, the topic that we were talking about was management taking over, well, Disney taking over for WWE management or ESPN or Fox. Those are the rumored people that are looking to take over WWE right now. And the sad thing is, Brian and I were having a great debate, and it wasn't until about the first few minutes of it that I realized our audio wasn't right. So, as you've probably noticed, I've edited some of the audio from the show, and I've pieced it back together here in about five seconds. It's going to pick back up, and you're going to hear myself and Brian continue the discussion between WWE and possible new ownership. Start to see a major decline, then we're going to have issues, and we'll find somebody else. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I honestly think Disney and probably Fox to some extent would be more hands off because I think they would realize that at least for the time being, we need to keep our hands away from it until we learn it. A to Z, back to front, top to bottom, side to side. And then once we learn it, we can write the book on it. And, you know, so I, I think you'd probably have several years where, you know, it, it's almost like WCW, right? Eric comes in. Eric, you got car bonds. Do what you want. Here's the checkbook. And look what Eric does. Right? He literally beats the tar out of the WWE for, what, however many weeks? Uh, whatever it was. And, I, th- I think Disney would probably do the same thing. I think Fox would do the same thing. But both companies would then spice it up a little bit for showmanship. 
so but I, again, I don't if know if they have enough understanding oh, of the product to make it any kind of showmanship though well yeah but when i say showmanship i'm talking like uh you know kind of like what it used to be mm-hmm. you know the huge titantron the you know the the fireworks the pyro the technique the i mean kind of stuff you get in the attitude here showmanship mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying uh, the the stuff nowadays even before the uh, no audience error was kind of very bland T- to me anyway the the entrances and you know i like when say uh you know like uh who's randy orton comes down or whatever and the snake is coming down the ramp with them um, yeah who's the one that's got the fire um is it kane whereas mm-hmm. he walks the fire goes down in front of him. yeah you know i think fox i mean i think fox and disney would be like that mm-hmm, that's theirs now let's get somebody on it you know let's let's get a graphics package for everybody let's get you know music for everybody let's go back to i mean for pete's sake do they even remember they had the entrance videos you know before even before the no audience they weren't really using those you know all that's little stuff that people look for and i i think disney or fox would bring stuff like that back because i think if they put the right person in charge, he would understand you need stuff like that. Well, and it's going to have to be a, a dual-minded kind of thinker. It's going to have to be somebody that's a wrestling person, but also an entertainment person. And my fear would be that they'd see a guy like Eric Bischoff and go, hey, he's a wrestling guy. He could do it. Because he he's proven that he could in the past. Not necessarily the scale of WWE, but... Could he do it? Maybe. But I would be afraid to give, give him the keys because of the fact that, you know, frankly, every time he seems to get his hands into wrestling again, it, it seems like it just goes south. Uh, yeah, something tells me, though, that they would do their homework mm-hmm. and they they would go for more of a, like a Paul Heyman type guy. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, Paul had his success, too. He just never had the money. I mean, think about it. If, if he had had a, 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 a major bank account to back him for ECW, you probably wouldn't have WCW or the WWE right now, honestly. Could you imagine, yeah. you know, back in ECW's heyday, Paul Heyman was pushing the envelope, and then Disney, <laughs> you know, if you went to Paul and said, hey, in, in like 30 years, you're going to work with Disney. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know it's crazy. The same but guy I, that brought you honestly, uh, Beulah is bringing you yeah. <laughs> If you go back and you know the network's a good place to go do it. Uh, when I first got the network, the first place I went was the ECW stuff, mm-hmm. and this was they were showing the uh, uh, what is it, uh, East Coast Wrestling or whatever it was. You know, it wasn't extreme yet the east coast and even then i mean that was great to me great wrestling mm-hmm. i mean i i was even like this public enemy at its finest right i'm not a public enemy fan but after watching them after watching their promos after i was like where were these guys at you know you know what i'm saying yeah i was like i'm a, i'm a public enemy fan now because of that and I think if, if back then, if Paul had had money, you know, 
it'd be a different world right now. And again, if Disney was smart, they'd get a guy like that, and it would be a different world. Yeah, I feel like I feel like with a lot of what we see today, there is this just huge disconnect, and it's why WWE has seen their ratings decline so swiftly. And it has been a swift drop. You can say that COVID 19s played a role. I'm willing to agree with you to a point, but it's really been more along the lines, and, and I think Brian would agree, this has been more along the lines of people turning off what they no longer consider entertaining. And whether right. that's a wrestling fan or a non wrestling fan, the bottom line here is it's someone that has previously watched your product and for whatever reason has now said, you know what, I'm going to go watch. The voice, or you know, they're they're tired of seeing stuff that is just canned. And one of my biggest complaints about Impact for the longest time was that their stuff was always pre-taped, and the, the spoilers were always out there. So truly, I would become disengaged because I already knew everything that was going to happen when Thunder would tape. Because remember, they taped Thunder. It's the reason I didn't watch Thunder. It's the reason I didn't watch SmackDown because SmackDown was taped. I like a live show. Well, I can, I can remember when we would get together for Raw or uh, Nitro. Uh-huh. And, and if we had the results, there was absolutely no need to watch it. And yeah. we would watch the other guy. And, you know, if, if WCW was live and WWE was taped, we wouldn't touch it. Yep. If they were both live, we'd be flipping back and forth, you know, every so many minutes. You know, what we miss? And there's a, a VHS tape going into VCR. Mm-hmm. You know? The only time we ever really switched to a WWE taped show was when Mick won the title. Yeah, yeah. You, you just absolutely had to at that time. <laughs> I'll never forget... Uh, again, I'll never forget them giving away the results and then Sony's going, that'll put butts in seats. Yeah. <laughs> and it sure, it sure as hell did. Yeah. So, but you know, again, though, you're 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 a now a prime example of what you're just talking about. You're a lifelong WWE guy. Mm-hmm. You have a little bit of experience with the NWA, right? Not like me and Rob, who probably watched it, you know, more than the well. Rob was probably the the fifty fifty guy. Mm-hmm. I was the NWA guy, WCW guy, and you were WWF. WCW second, mm-hmm. right? So our, our histories are a little bit different, but you're, I, you know, I'm sure it's fair to say you're more lifelong WWE than than I am. Oh yeah, um, I would definitely say so. I mean, while I love what AEW is doing, and I, I can't say enough good things, there's while there are things that I would, I don't know that I categorize it as complain, but criticize is probably a safer word on what they do. It's still. And, and it's it's not hard to say it. It's not like I'm hurting or breaking my own heart by saying, yeah, WWE's getting their butt kicked. And they are because they're just not taking any risks anymore. It's not even but, safe. They're not even playing it safe anymore. They're just not even playing. It's like they just yeah. said, you know, we're just going to phone it in until something happens. Now, I've been an advocate for this for some time, right? Mm-hmm. We've had these discussions for yeah. uh, probably years, years now. Well, but now you're right? the AEW bobblehead. What, yeah, but, but what I'm saying is now I, there are even lifelong WWE guys, right? Yeah, yeah. That are tuning out. 
And it's not because there's no audience in the crowd, right? So I, I, I guess that's the, the I don't want to say excuse. That's the, the nail in the coffin. That's the one we're nailing into the coffin right now, right? Right. There's no audience. There's no one. But what it is is it's your frustrations mm-hmm. for years of this type of programming that are just now coming to, to the surface to where you can turn off raw mm-hmm. and not bat an eye. And didn't you tell me you didn't even touch SmackDown? I did not. And that yeah, was, so, I mean, I don't even remember what I was doing that part of Friday night. So I, it clearly yeah. wasn't important. Yeah. So, but you see what I'm saying? So as, oh, as, yeah. if, as this continues, right, I've already reached that point, you, you know, some time ago, but mm-hmm. you know, the WWE will, they're going to have to work that much harder and, to get us back. But I just don't think they care, honestly. Well, and that's always been the, and, and I would agree, that's always been the opinion of what they're doing currently. Because it just seems like, well, if we don't have the, and I hate demographic talk because I think it's all BS, but if we don't have the, the 30-somethings, it's okay because we'll get the, the 8 to 15 demo. And, of course, that's a hypothetical number. But, you know, it's, it's like, if we don't have that, fine, we'll get the others. Like, that's not how business works. That's just not how anything right. stays afloat. Yeah, I, I think the company is going to literally have to be on the brink before something is done. Right. And when you get that close and you skirt that brazier's edge, all it takes is a slip. And next thing you know, you're out of a company. And, you know, again, I preached it for years, but, you know, again, now we're in a, a different type of situation. The company is going out of business right and left you know mom and pop stores are shutting up yeah. and just because it's a billion dollar company that doesn't mean that it can't be it can't just plummet right I, out of the sky i would say this and we're going to get to AEW here in a minute but i would say that nobody saw the perfect storm that was COVID 19 <laughs> you know that would topple wwe from completely doing anything because i was at monday night raw before before mania i was at the last live event before mania and i can tell you the crowd was sizable and the reactions were strong now i'm not gonna lie and say it was packed because it wasn't um and there was definitely open seats but what i what i was witness to indicated they had a strong lead-in for their diehards and I would, I would still consider myself a WWE diehard. It's not like I'm going to say, ah, F this company, I'm never watching again. Because first off, I'm not that fan. That's just like, you know, saying, oh, I'm never going to watch Lost again because it killed my favorite character. Yes, you will. Shut up. You know, you're probably still watching the DVD. It's just, it's, and I'm okay with the ones that are, that are like, I'm done. Like, when Brian said he was done, he meant it. Like, he was done. And he went all in for AEW. No pun intended. Seriously. That was okay. Because at least we know... With Brian, we have – it is not always a contrarian point of view, but what it is is it's somebody that says, okay, look, I've been where you're at, and here I am, and this is what I like. But at the same time, with myself or, or with Rob, more so with me, I think Rob doesn't really have the issue. But it's, it's that, look, you're getting to that point, and you just said it. You're getting to that point where your frustration is showing in different ways. Like I don't like the without live audiences. I don't. I just think it ruins the, the crowd appeal for me. 
But I can tell you that without a live audience, you know what it does focus on? If your people suck. Like, I watched... Yeah, they suck. (laughs) I watched NXT. I watched NXT this past week. I'm not a lot because I'm a big Matt Riddle fan. The tag title match was great. But I watched Finn Balor and Cameron Grimes. Both of these guys are great competitors. So I don't want to make it sound like both of them suck. But their match was the worst. It just wasn't good. And Damian Priest comes out, and now we find out he's the man responsible for who attacked Finn. So they basically shit-canned the feud between Finn and Walter. But they had Imperium take the tag titles. There's zero logic in that. Zero. So as a person who is a huge NXT fan, and that's me, and I can't lie, I haven't watched a lot of NXT because on Wednesdays I've pretty much stayed with AEW for having a true live product. And by live, I don't mean while it's happening. I mean that it feels live. Like there's no spoilers that were made available for all the taping. So you don't have the results. And and again, it's – I don't understand – it, again, this just my frustration. I don't understand how the WWE can't figure it out, right? AEW is sticking with the 10 people or less or 15 people, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Right? But they turn the lights down, right? So you can't see the arena. But those 10, 15 people make enough noise that you can almost, almost in your head picture an audience. Oh, it damn sure does. It's, it's like... And it's not hard. This isn't rocket science, guys. I mean, WWE did learn from what AEW did. Brian just said it. They turned down the lights, and they focused on the ring. So what did WWE do? They did the same thing. And has it improved their show appearance? Absolutely. It definitely has. But, like, when with Edge and Randy Orton, for example, the lead-in for their Mania match, and then just recently the segment they had on Raw, you want to talk about just hating something. And I'm an I'm a Edge fan. I'm not as much of a Randy Orton fan. But the lead-in for... The lead-in for... Um, Mania was really, like, in your face, in the camera, just the same as, like, Cody and MJF had been doing when they first started taping theirs. And I was really into this. But then, it's, all of a sudden, it's back to grab a mic, talk to the camera. Grab a mic, talk to the camera. There was nothing pure about what was being done. And I'm like, man, this just doesn't feel like the same guys. We have this segment from Monday night where Edge comes out and is talking about how he's done with Randy. He wants to move on. Randy challenges him to a straight-up wrestling match. By the way, and we're not on beyondringside.com right now, so Eddie will have to do this in post, but what a shitty concept. You just had a, a last-man-standing match where these guys tried to kill each other, but now Randy Orton, being the bad guy, says, well, you can't beat me in a wrestling match. (laughs) It's the other way around, dummies. You do the wrestling match first, and then you do the last man standing match. It's called a build-up. Maybe you've heard of it. I hate to sound like Jim Cornette, but Jesus, it's not that hard. It's not. Like, why would you do this? You just So... They're taking plays out of the Impact playbook. I'm beginning to think that your your bobbleheaded spring has sprung, right? There, there's not as much uh, wiggle in that bobblehead anymore. <laughs> it's just, I don't understand some of the things that are being done. Like the women's wrestling, by the way, the women's evolution or revolution 
and this is going to piss off our female listeners, WWE's women's wrestling sucks right now. Mm-hmm. It's not good. It's not diva level. So all you uh, Kelly Kelly and Nikki Bella fans, I'm sure I'm making your day. These ladies ain't at your level. They're not. Mm-hmm. Bailey's not doing it. Sasha's not doing it. Becky and, and, and Shayna shit the bed at Mania. And that was, I think that was a chemistry issue. I think they could have gotten past it. But with no crowd to feed off of, they had no reason to change gears. So they just did what they did, and it was just sloppy. And then now we look at Asuka and Kyrie Sane. Even they are so slowing down because there's no crowd to feed off of. What would they well, be so not bad just if that, WWE though, put their own people in the crowd? What would be so bad about that? Do what? If WWE did what AEW is doing. What? But I understand the crowd. But mm-hmm. a lot of this, though, again, Stan, is like you said earlier, without the crowd, right? You start to watch the wrestling. Right, right. And at the end of the day, the wrestling is not up to snuff, right? It's not on AEW level. I dare say it's on impact level. It's not on New Japan Pro Wrestling level. Right? Yeah, and but you're all not find three of those, on the New Japan level. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is the problem, it, not ROH, not any of the Evolve, not any of the major mm-hmm. federations that you can see out there. I dare say there are independent feds that put on a better show for wrestling on any given night. And I'm not talking like Evolve size. I'm talking about the one that shows up at the bingo parlor and does it in front of 15 people. Mm-hmm. When you get to that level, right, they've all said it, you have to turn into, you have to start wrestling the WWE style. Well, again, it's not wrestling, it's entertainment, mm-hmm. right? Well, COVID has taken entertainment right out of the equation. You have no crowd, you don't have promos, you don't have a lot of stuff, right? So entertainment's out the window. So now at the end of the day, it is what it is. On the marquee, it says wrestling, and you're not, you're not wrestling. I mean, you're just not getting it done. And... You know, again, if they don't if they don't fix it, and I think that's like they don't know what to do with Oscar or Kyrie. They don't know what to do with Lacey Evans. They don't know what to do with Charlotte. How you know, sad is they, that? What four years ago, Charlotte was one of their top performers. Seriously, yeah. like one of the top in ring performers now. And I don't know if it's because some idiot in the back told her that she looks great with all this work that she's had done. But holy crap, I'm I'm. It's it's almost and and Jim Cornette took heat for this with uh, Dana Brooke with what he said, but I'm afraid that if it gets too hot in the building, that part of Charlotte's face is going to melt off. <laughs> That's not nice. It's not nice, and I feel bad for her because somebody lied to her and said that she looked beautiful after having all of this done. Like I wonder if Andrade was just like, "Oh, baby, you look amazing." No, you look like your well, face is stuck in one position. It would all have to be cleared through the office. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think you can get a haircut. I mean, look at Naomi. You know, Naomi switches to the glow, and 
you know, she gets in trouble for the change when she does, you know, does the belt. And, I mean, they weren't even like, uh, what'd she do? You know, if I remember right on that one Divas episode. Yeah. You know, they were all like, uh, who'd you get this clear through? You know, it, it's, so it would have had to, somebody would have had to have approved it. So, but. It's crazy. But yet, yeah, it is absolutely madness. But again, now I'm glad that other people are finally starting to take notice because if enough people make noise, right? And then this is what I hope. I, 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 I dare say I wish, you know, I don't wish the WWE to fold, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that. I think they can, and I think they will if they don't straighten up, but I don't want to see it happen. But I think if enough people complain right and by complaining it's turning off the TV it's not buying the t-shirts it's not buying the action figures right on down the line and you hit them where it hurts they'll listen and they'll go back to doing what they did best during the attitude era Mm -hmm. and they reacted to the crowd they listened to the wrestlers they let the wrestlers be wrestlers and entertainers, and they they just let it happen. You know, again, we had the discussion not too long ago about what Vince has his hands in and what he doesn't. Well, Austin says he didn't have his hands in 316. Austin said it, purely by coincidence. Look what happened, right? The Rock, okay, well, yeah, uh, you're Rocky Maivia. Uh, yep, get booed out the building. The Rock comes to him. Hey, uh, can I do this? Yeah, sure, Rock. Whatever. Whatever. Go away. Go away, kid. Look what happens. You know? Mm-hmm. Mankind. All right? We all knew Cactus Jack or Mick Foley's Cactus Jack was nuts. All right? There's plenty of footage when he gets power bombed on the concrete. You know, when he's, his ear gets ripped out and he still wrestles, you know, all this stuff. And he, we all knew he was nuts. But look what finally happens, right? The WWE starts to listen. And when he's in the hell in a cell and they're like, uh, don't do anything stupid, Mick Foley and Undertaker are like, okay, we won't snicker, snicker. Right, right. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> yeah, wink, <laughs> wink. Uh-uh. All, right, all right, Mark, it's time. Throw me off the cage. Boom, a superstar is born. Right. Right? And again, if you go back and look at what happens in that era, they let it happen. The, the nation, right? Who knew that you could take those those individuals, right? Who at the time, nobody was really paying attention to. Nobody really was caring about. The biggest name in the group was Ron Simmons. Mm-hmm. Well, yep, we're going to put you together. And we want you to we want you to do this, okay? Anything else? No, nope. just go be go be militant, for lack of a better term. Boom. At zero. They are so bad that everybody loves them. I remember doing it when they would come out holding the fist up. I'm a white guy. I'm down with. Them. No, I they, love the nation. They can tell. <laughs> yeah, I love the nation. Right? I like that you put the precursor out there, though. I'm a white guy. 
Just hey, I'm letting, I'm letting them know. They, they may not be able to tell my voice. I'm told sometimes you can tell, sometimes you can't. You know, I'm so, okay. <laughs> I do have a little bit deeper voice. So He does. He's got the deep I do. I do. I got a deep voice. There you go. <laughs> but, but, I mean, you can go back and look. And, sure, some of them had their hands in it. I still have one. But at the end of the day, they trusted these people to go out there and do what they do best. And it tur- not only saved Vince's company, mm-hmm. but it turned them around and it created a, a new golden age of pro wrestling that we are now starting to see wane off. Well, and, and we've seen time and time again, and, and we've seen different companies come along and, and say they're going to compete and do this and do that. I mean, hell, if you watch Dark Side of the Ring, UWF was going to do it. It didn't, didn't really work out too you, well for Herb. I think we actually bought that pay-per-view. What? You don't remember that pay-per-view of all the legends? Oh, no, that, that was... was... Just a, Pure shit show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That way, that was the Heroes of Wrestling one. That's right. Oh, was that it? Yeah, because it was yeah, ninety five. Oh my god. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Tully Blanchard and Jake Roberts and. and there, wasn't somebody wearing a sweater or something? Yeah, crap, it, it was. Uh, god, I can't remember the guy's <laughs> name. He, that guy, you know, Vaseline and Coke. That just says it all right there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you're talking to the uh, one in, what was it, 5,000 people that <laughs> bought the pay-per-view? Yeah, o- only pay-per-view in, in wrestling history to get a negative buy rate. <laughs> yeah. People wanted their money back after 15 minutes. What the so, hell? So are you, are you kidding me? The pay-per-view in, in, in uh, 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 the one that we went to uh, over the mountain. Oh, not the Ward pay-per-view. Yeah, so that drew more? Yes. <laughs> yes. Are you shitting me? So, AWE, not the Atlanta company that's actually successful. The other one in Virginia. That in Virginia. Is, that's now Virginia. defunct or yeah. changing name or whatever they're doing. Yet yes. again, because it's tax time, so he's going to be bound to come yeah. back when COVID stops. <laughs> Who knows what his name will be? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But um, you know, so we we've we've watched. Well, I think we've watched about every wrestling pay per view there is, though. Uh, no, no, no. There's watch... still there's. I think there's probably still a lot because I would imagine you probably have smaller feds. Yeah. That put on them that you just never hear about. So. Like you, you would have to catch the right. You know, you'd have to be flipping through the pay per view channels. You know, at one o'clock at night catch the replay of you know whatever 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 hailing from poughkeepsie (laughs) well i remember bet had their own wrestling show it was brief it was in the mid 90s it was it was decent they never did pay-per-view then in the 2000s like 2011 2012 there was the urban wrestling federation Mm -hmm. now (laughs) back in and this is inside baseball and and all that kind of crap, but a little trip down memory lane. Back in PW 24-7 days, we actually watched this pay-per-view. We all threw money together and watched it and did a live feed of it, like we did a simulcast. Oh, wow. And uh, it was the drizzling shits. 
they put a guy and and this was how this was how we knew that somebody was leaving the company. Literally, they put a guy backstage in the locker room area, had him get beat up by a bunch of gangsters, and then they they did a an angle where they shot him in the head. Get out of here. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. And of course, you know, like you don't see blood and guts go everywhere or any of that, but I'll never forget Joey Image and I were dying laughing. Because we're like, you can't do this. Like, we always joke, you know, about how extreme wrestling matches were sooner or later going to kill somebody. But we were always, you know, praying it would never happen. And here's this guy. He, he was leaving the company, so they killed him. It, I want you to think about this. It is quite possible that we have seen the three lowest rated pay-per-views <laughs> in the history of pro wrestling. Well, the heroes of wrestling. Uh, the Urban Wrestling Federation, which I would say that's almost a guarantee that that was one of the lowest. And then it, Awesome Wrestling Entertainment, yeah. Now, now, for the record, we were at Awesome, awesome Wrestling. We were there, kids. Well, that one... There's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any NBA playoff game. If either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use code CHAMPION200 when you make your first bet. Sign up now and discover BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code Code Champion 200 to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three in any NBA playoff game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. You know, other so other than the, the Ricky Fortin, Kevin Nash thing, crazy thing they had going on. It was a decent I, show. I, yeah, I didn't mind it. And it was only because the Nash Morton just didn't make no sense to me. Yeah, like all of a sudden we went from Nash being the bad guy to Nash being the good guy and Morton being yeah. the bad guy. And yeah, and them having beef for 20 years that they're going to settle right here in Waynesburg, Virginia. That they never settled. Yeah, they never settled. <laughs> Robert Gibson's like, yeah, I'm out of here. See ya. <laughs> GDP comes out. Who did out. we talk to after it was over? Who did we stand around and talk to for a while? Oh, it was a promoter who <laughs> I think he's probably in. No, jail. no, it went, wasn't it one of the, one of the wrestlers, too? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh, Jamin. That was our first time where we really yeah, sat back and yeah, talked to Jamin. Jamin. Jamin's good. He's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Jamin liked that tax money. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I'm going to honestly say, right, so we've talked to Jamin on multiple occasions at different shows, yep. but he has got to be one of my most favorite performers out there. I still need to go back and get that t-shirt, uh, what is it, uh, Jamin is the greatest uh, wrestler in the world or whatever, the, whatever it was, I still need to go back and get that wonder if Pro Wrestling Tees has it. See? See how I plug, see how I plug people? I'm looking it up right now. So there's an, there's an Olavencia t-shirt where it's Olavencia. Like that one. I remember that one. And 
Oh, it's a lot of O's. It's like one, two, three lines of O's and then Lavencia. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Damon Lavencia on Pro Wrestling Tees. Good for him. Yeah, he's been there for a while. One of I, I mean, I can remember the, before the show. You know, I didn't know who he was, but uh, Sanjay Dutt, another yep. another favorite of mine, yep. was there. And we went up to get uh, Sanjay's autograph, mm-hmm. and the two of them have a match together, but they're sitting side by side at the merch table. And I mean, I think we sat there for a half an hour, just listening to them two talk smack to each other. In true kayfabe form, these two delivered before the show even started. Yeah. And we knew their match was going to be good. Mm-hmm. Hey, how could I forget? That's where I first met Sonny. Yeah. And yeah. And then there was Charlotte. And, and and now there's the for her or whatever. For <laughs> the, the OnlyFans. I don't know what it's called anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The OnlyFans. Have you subscribed yet? No, no. I don't have that kind of money to waste. It's COVID-19. I ain't got my... Where's, where's my second round of stimulus? <laughs> hey, supposedly, supposedly we're getting more stimulus. Stimulus. We should do a show that's one so time funny. where we just talk about the different house shows and shows that we've seen that both sucked and were amazing. Like let's do it. Worst to best. I think well, here, that. so so we, let's do this. Let's do this. So we bashed the WWE. We did. Right? And I think what happened to AEW, we could probably talk about next week. We can devote more to, to next week, right? Uh, I think their only real big news that probably come out is uh, their the elite and um, oh yeah, the inner circle. The inner circle are, are going to have stampede. a match. Yeah, it, it's not going to be the the match not, beyond or whatever right, hell it right. is. So it's not going to be that, but it'll be something different. I'm sure it'll be entertaining. It'll probably be a very cinematic match, which I'm beginning to love quite a bit, especially if Matt Hardy's involved. Um, <laughs> Poor Vanguard one. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I cried. Uh, I think the only real big news is that they are releasing all of the other footage that they took during the tapings on AEW Dark. So AEW Dark is going from like five matches to like 15 or 19 for a couple of weeks. So they're, yeah, so they're putting out all these matches, which is something you probably wouldn't see anyplace else, right? Mm-mm. If they're smart, they'll just, they should have done just the COVID 19 DVD, you know, put it out at Walmart. People would have bought the thing. <laughs> AEW COVID edition. Yeah, COVID edition. <laughs> 50 hours worth of pro wrestling, AEW pro wrestling. I'd have been like, whoa, yeah, six this set. <laughs> yeah, I'd have bought it. I'd have been like, yes. Uh, <laughs> But I mean, other than that, I think I think we can pass. Let's. Let, I'm excited. Let's let's do this. Let's. The, I do want to. Coolest. Go ahead. I do want to talk about one thing that happened on Wednesday, and then we can totally right. switch gears. So this is my. If if Cody's listening, and I know sometimes he probably is because we love you, Cody. We love um, you, buddy. Don't put your truck on TV anymore. <laughs> that segment. That segment could have been gold. It could have been. But because you were afraid to scratch your precious Ford, and I don't blame you because that's a gorgeous truck, it, it ran over like a fart in church. 
<laughs> I mean, he's screeching tires, he's revving the engine. Jake's like, what the hell? And I'm like, cool. And it, dink, right against a guardrail and a trash can. I'm like, man, I get it. You love your truck. Then don't put it on TV. You just, you ruined it. There goes my suspension of disbelief. There goes everything. I was like, what the Damn hell? you. <laughs> so it, it got to, because Kiana and I are sitting on the couch watching it. She's like, what's he going to do? I'm like, he's going to run through the barricade. Cool. I'm like, this is going to be cool. And then he hits the guardrail of the trash can. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know that that was Khan, though, probably. Uh, Tony, you know, who, who I might add has done a spectacular job of apparently writing, uh, take, you know, putting all this together for the past few weeks. Yeah, apparently. supposedly it's him. Yeah. yeah. So he's done a phenomenal job, I think. But, yeah, that was probably him. And, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, this would be great. He, he, on paper, he's got it crashing through. He, he might end up with Jake even being under a tire or something, you know. They'll, <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, this is, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be good. Oh, my God, they're going to love this. And he gets to the arena, and he's like, um, uh, that's probably a $60,000 truck that uh, I'm going to have to pay for. Uh Cody, okay, scratch that. <laughs> <laughs> scratch that. Just tap the barricade. <laughs> Still there? Hmm? Hello? Yeah, oh. apparently, oh, apparently I'm being messaged about something I don't even know what he's talking about off the air. Oh, yeah, yeah. I get that message, too. So, but anyway, let's, let's go independent. Let's, let's do funnest show or match or oh. moment that you can think of uh best indie tag match that we've ever seen let's start with that oh best uh should we do six man first oh well that's easily easily the carnies against the viking war party where they yes. were all over the damn arena in tennessee and Slapping each other. <laughs> Remember, they sat in a circle in chairs and they just yeah. slapped each other for what five minutes? Yeah. Wow. And, and it was it was it was cool to get to know what for for you to be told why they did it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At one, we were talking to them. You know, it, it and it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. So I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. A tag team. So I'm gonna have to say anything, and we've seen it a few times. Ducks, and who's that? Who's who's that other tag The Jim Nasty Boys. Yeah, easily. Yeah, anytime easily. them two get together, I think. Although I will say that uh, um, some some of MCW's tag teams were good, but no, they're nothing. Nothing takes over the Ducks against the Jim Nasty. No. Um, Which and I I think though that might be. Kind of coming to an end a little bit. Uh, isn't one of the ducks hurt or something? Uh, well, it's uh, Lance who I think was had hurt his foot, but I think he's okay. Oh, is he okay? I okay. think he's healed up. I mean, that was some time ago. Oh, okay. Well, good. Let, let's rock on with the ducks and the gymnastic boys. I'll take that match probably anytime. <laughs> although, the, although the ducks and uh, um, second. And Ramon was great too. Yeah, Riot City and the Ducks was good. That was actually one of the better ones. 
And that was a that was a first time. These guys had never mixed it up before. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I think I think they had. I think Nick told me they had. Oh. Um, they had done it like one other time or something. That one. But it had been like maybe two years ago. That years one prior. was was so good. Like Brian was at Taswell when that match happened, and he calls me and he says, "Hey, you the pff, Ducks was amazing." We get, you know, the, the owner of UCW, Stan, Brian, it was a great idea to bring in the Ducks. And Brian's like, you know, it was a great match. I'm like, really? What happened? He's like, uh-uh, you can't, I'm not going to tell you. you got to wait. Yeah. And that was like two weeks of like, man, I just want to see this damn match. And then I couldn't even call it. I had to watch it like one and a half times before I even thought I could call it because of the, just how much was happening and, and how cool it was. It was kind of cool to, mm-hmm. to be able to soak in what was happening. Yep. And then uh, just for any new listeners, me and Stan are part of the production crew for Ultimate Championship Wrestling here in Virginia. Mm-hmm. We're their announcers, you know, you name it, we do it. And uh, so that, again, that's that's why we're talking about the owner and everything else. We are part of Ultimate <coughs> Championship Wrestling. So, yes. but yeah, I, I would have to say those those matches are really, really awesome. Worst tag match. Oh, I could I couldn't even begin. <laughs> I don't I don't want to say worse because I don't I don't want to maybe be working with somebody one day and be like, hey, aren't you that guy? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Well, let's the one that that stands out to me, and I'm not trying to put anybody down. Everybody has an off night, and I've seen <clears throat> I've seen the Guns for Hire perform. A number of times. They're MCW's, one of their top tag teams. But when Dave and I went up to see MCW and they defended against, I want to say, the Hellcats. And it was just all over the place. Nobody was communicating. Chairs were getting thrown around at each other and it just wasn't working. It was just one of those nights where you're like, geez, this isn't, this isn't happening. <laughs> this isn't, isn't coming together very well. Um, but again, I've seen both tag teams have competitions before and they were actually quite good so to brian's point working with these guys would be cool so no i'm certainly not trying to put anybody down <laughs> uh, so we'll avoid we'll avoid worse well no i will take it back so there's one there's one moment from a house show that i think was probably the worst thing i've ever seen but yet the absolute funniest thing i've ever seen <laughs> and i don't mind saying this uh, because again, it goes down as one of the funniest matches I've, I've absolutely ever seen. Uh, it was uh, Sanjay Dutt. This was TNA. It was Sanjay Dutt, and I forget who his tag partner was, but he was facing Booker T, and I forget who Booker T's tag partner was. So about halfway through the match, somehow or another Booker T, um, like pants is Sanjay, right? Not fully. <laughs> Oh, no. But just so his butt is hanging out, right? And so he literally wrestles, like, the match with his butt halfway out or whatever. And it was the absolute funniest thing to sit there and watch. Uh, I don't know how he did it, but, yeah, he pulled it off with a butt crack out and all. And it was absolutely the funniest thing to watch. But quite grotesquely horrifying because it was some dude's butt crack came out. <laughs> and where me, Rob, yeah, I can't and, turn away. Yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't turn away. And where me, Rob, and, and the other guy were sitting, who should have been you, but you backed down at the last second, sucker. Um, 
it seemed to be like we were in line for that thing the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like we had the we had the ring from Lord of the Rings, and Mordor was looking for us. <laughs> you know. <laughs> that, I can't get it to go away. That that little eye kept you know, kept turning. You know. I, even if we probably went to the concession stand, you know, to get some popcorn and a drink while that match, it would probably be up there in the concession stand be like, oh, can I take your order? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, 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 I'll absolutely never forget it. It's my absolute favorite Booker T match and Sanjay match, and it was great. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> you know, the next time we see Sanjay, because I'm sure he's going to be back in Virginia here within the next few months, we we got to make sure that we actually remind him because that's your favorite. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you know that goes over well because they all seem to remember. Yeah, my favorite. Yeah. The, yeah, the craziest ones. They don't remember any of the stuff that's our favorites. That are like, oh yeah, this classic yeah. you had against blah blah blah. No, but oh, the time yeah. I got pants. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Yeah. Uh, no, it was just like it's just like uh, Coach Mikey, you know. Yes, we and again, he, you know, he could have been he could have been playing us, you know, a little bit, but uh, yeah, you took my popcorn here. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, crap. <laughs> you owe me popcorn. <laughs> Did he ever make that right? Did he ever make good with you getting some popcorn? <laughs> no, uh-uh. that dirty. No, guy. no. <laughs> you know what? We'll There's save that for another day. They're gonna be a reckoning, Mikey. <laughs> That's it. I'm bringing. I'm bringing. I'm. I'm calling the boss. We're getting the gymnasties in here, and maybe <laughs> a few others. A and they're, we're just gonna. We're just gonna put the popcorn to the ducks. <laughs> yeah. We should, yeah. We should do that too. From the commentary table, have them in the ring. Start throwing popcorn at them. <laughs> oh, that. There you go. Next time the ducks are at UCW, <laughs> I'm. Eat, I'm having popcorn at the table. <clears throat> and anytime Mikey gets within the earshot, I'm just gonna chuck it at him. <laughs> Just one kernel at a time. Just, just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. Um, <clears throat> so gimmick. Do I? <clears throat> freakiest gimmick. Free. Oh, it would have to be uh, what with the bug or whatever. The, the freak from uh, yeah, the freak. Yeah, from freak. the uh, old Maryland Championship Wrestling. <laughs> that guy was. I'm like, what the hell? And he kept doing it too. Yes, all throughout that battle royal, <laughs> the entire time he's in the ring, and then when he got thrown out, yeah, that was actually pretty crazy. Yeah, my wife got to take a picture with Gilbert, which I still have somewhere. Oh yeah, I Rob. think it's I think it's like in my wife's jewelry box or something. Wow, that's a special place for a picture with Gilbert. <laughs> yeah, Gilbert. <laughs> Uh, man, so there's been a lot of them from the Seamus incident to uh, the Barrett incident to the Miz incident. Yeah, or how about Austin uh, Austin Creed? Yeah. Consequences Creed, yeah. Consequences Creed, yeah. (laughs) Alicia Fox. Yep. Bob Backlund. (laughs) That probably is the best one. So, Brian, you should tell that story. So you and Mike went to Backlash. Yeah, so uh, there was another guy that used to hang out with us, and uh, we decided one time, I don't remember if it was to get back at y'all 
or if it was just to – I think it was to get back at y'all or something because I think you and Rob had gone to something, oh, a okay. show or a paper. <laughs> now the truth comes out. We were getting even. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it was if I remember right. There was a reason or we had asked if y'all wanted to go or something. And something – there was something hanky that it turned out to be the two of us. Anyway, so uh, it, it comes out – and we'll start at the beginning. So it comes out that – Goldberg is going to be signing autographs for a WWE show. Uh, which one was it? Fuck. Uh, oh, wow. just got edited that one. Yeah, we just got after dark <laughs> real quick. Uh, I forget which one it was, but Goldberg was up in D.C. at the Verizon Center. He was signing autographs. So about 530 in the morning while I'm at work, I'm like, hey, can you get off? Let's go meet Goldberg. Let's drive into D.C. Let's go stand in line to get these tickets and let's get Goldberg autographs. Okay, so that's how this whole event starts off. Night of the pay-per-view, we're walking into the arena, and we walk right by Bob Backlund. And Backlund is running for president, I think it was at the time. And so there was a little bit of a crowd around him, not too much. And Mike was like, hey, can I get a picture? And Bob's like, sure. So I step back to take the picture. Next thing you know, Bob's got Mike in the chicken wing, and he's got it cinched in quite a bit. Like, you know, Bob would do (laughs) any wrestler back in the late 70s, early 80s. Me kind of cinches it in a little bit, and I think Mike's a little bit up on his tippy toes. <laughs> it's pretty and snug. I'm huh? laughing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm laughing so bad that I just really cannot take this. I can't do it. I, you know, I just because it's such a shock. And now everybody else is around us. Like, what in the world is going on here? Bob's got somebody in the chicken wing, and yeah, it was great fun. It was. It was absolutely. Uh, one of those moments that you don't expect, you know, you're just like expecting a picture and it turns into this chicken wing fiasco. (laughs) Yeah, that was good fun. That was good fun. But Uh, again, we've had, we've had a lot of them though. We've had a lot of them. I mean, we had, we had Wade Barrett give us the Queens wave before Mm -hmm. match. We had him Mm -hmm. completely break away from trying to piss off the fans, which is amazing. And um, then, then when we reminded him in the morning, oh yes, he was on, very, very on Twitter. Cool. He he did actually reply. Yeah, <laughs> thank us for the decorum. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, craziest, craziest match you ever watched? Not the funniest, but the craziest match you ever. Saw. The craziest. Oh man, I'd have to think about that one. Hmm. I think the craziest one was. Um, <clears throat> I think most of the trios tournament was just insane when we mm-hmm. were in Chattanooga because just watching the amount of work these guys were willing to put in just to just to entertain the couple hundred people that were in attendance. But, you know, people were going through tables, which, oh, by the way, they didn't have permission to do. Uh, they were <laughs> they were throwing each other. The Cyrus and the Cyrus, the destroyer and, and Gunner had a hell of a match against each other. And it was just just the whole vibe of the night, um, but the I think I think I would actually say the Viking War Party was maybe the craziest trio I've ever seen. Yeah, because I mean that like literally was one of those ones where you had a chair, 
before the music played, and by the time the music ended for the second competitor, your chair was across the arena. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. And they I didn't mean, care. I, <laughs> they no, they pushed didn't pushed everybody out of the way. Yeah. Grandparents are yelling at wrestlers. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a pretty good one. That was that was really a pretty good one. I tell you, the one that really stands out for. God, I just want to say sure craziness, I guess, for me was, so I had the chance to see, this was way back in the day, in, in the NWA at the Richmond Coliseum. I got to see Jimmy Snuka versus Ric Flair before Snuka goes to the WWE. Oh, wow. And it was in a steel cage. And I literally have never seen so much blood between two competitors in my life. And I'd like to also tell you that if you think the first time Snooker comes off a cage was against Morocco in Madison Square Gardens, you may want to get your time frame checked because he did it after Flair beat him in that cage. And I'm pretty positive it predates the other one. So much like the ladder match in the WWE, where there were others prior to, mm-hmm. it's the WWE's revisionist history that takes those moments away from you. Uh, I think with 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 Snuka though, they they kind of had their feet forced on that one eventually. Well, yeah, but I, I'm I'm just talking about the moment. You know, it's kind of like the yeah. the you know they they take away from that other moment. But yeah, I, I, dude, I'm not, I'm not kidding you, man. The, the, and that was back in the day where they would just bleed and flare bled like nobody else. And I mean, they were in a steel cage, and even so, the Richmond Coliseum is more was more more rounded, I guess, than uh, some of the other ones you see nowadays. And it was also more, it was also almost straighter, right? going up the, the way they were uh, inside you know so you had you have a little bit of an angle mm-hmm. but it's not quite the same angle as more modern stadiums and even up in the in the top section you could still see the blood just flowing and god I don't know I might have been seven or eight years old going to see with my dad and oh it was it was like nasty Leaves an imprint even to this day. So, I think the outside of the the Viking War Party, the craziest that I've actually been physically witness to, uh, it might actually be Ethan and Bravo from Dinwiddie, just because of how all over the place they were and how unexpected all of it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because it had a very uh, just hey, raw and organic wait, feel to it. Wait, 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 bro. Uh, don't get in trouble with the boss. <clears throat> I'm trying to be careful because if I say certain key phrases <laughs> with certain key names, you know, get fired again. I'm trying to do this again. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see, best women's wrestling match that we have ever seen. Uh, it would have to be one of the Queens of Combat matches we saw in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. That was a good uh, – Charlotte was a great show. I mean, that Top one, to bottom. 
because we saw Ethan Case and Adam Page, which was phenomenal. Um, and we saw Tessa Blanchard wrestle for the first time. We saw... Uh, hey, and she wrestled Rachel, did she? Yes, yes. And their match, they both of those ladies have had a future, you know, waiting for them for years, if, if you want to... If you can understand what I'm saying there, it's you knew that these were both going to be huge stars. And Rachel is taking, in my opinion, more time. And I think it's more because it's the, finding the right fit. But Tessa, you just there's star written on both of these ladies. There's just huge in huge letters, star. Yeah, but so Rachel was taking off in uh, uh, what was it, Shimmer? Were her and Tessa? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, was it Shimmer? And then she went. NXT and then left NXT and went back to, I you know again I think I think she's got a better chance at pushing that star out mm-hmm. from underneath, you know, in it or in in a different environment. I think you're right on that. I think when it comes to Rachel Ellering, and and this this goes for and it's kind of sad to say this because it wasn't always the case, but when it comes to second generation and third generation performers, WWE just doesn't know how to treat them. Mm-hmm. Look at Bo Dallas. Look at Curtis Axel. I mean, Bray Wyatt even is an example, lesser so because of how big of a star he is. But that's by his merit, not theirs. You know, Rachel Ellering, Tessa Blanchard. I mean, they dropped the ball on signing Tessa. Now, granted, <clears throat> the going story is that Tessa's attitude immediately turned him off at the Mae Young Classic. To me, you're a company that's big enough, kind of like the Cowboys when they signed troubled talent, you know, troubled players. You're a company that's big enough that says, hey, listen, we're going to give you X, Y, Z, but you need to shape up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I still, for the life of me, don't understand that because we were so robbed of seeing, you know, Charlotte versus Tessa or Rachel Ellering and Tessa on a WWE TV show. Because at that time, during the May Young Classic, the first one, uh, women's wrestling was at its best. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's um, true. Wait, hey, what was the guy in Raven's Block? Uh, what was the big... Uh... Reese. Yeah. So remember that? Remember that one? That, that's something you we guys were... always told me about, and I never... You, you didn't go to that one? No, that was a, that was oh, a Nitro man. I think you guys went to? No, I think that was Thunder, actually. I think that was a Thunder. <laughs> I mean, it might have been a Nitro, but I think it was a Thunder. I think for that one, I just I think I had to work. Because I remember you, Rob, and Mike, and I think Wes went. Yeah, it might have been. Might have been. And you guys got into it with Reese. You kept you kept irritating him, antagonizing him. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, and you know, all in good fun, and you know, him playing the part of the heel, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, trying to trying to come over the rail, and the rest of the flock holding him back. I, you know, it was it was great fun because we got to do it. You know, while they were out there and. You know, again, once again, hijacking shows and <laughs> for sport, right? And in and in good fun, I will say. So, because I mean, we've 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 done it a few times. Not not really. I mean, I'm I'm not saying like you know just really screwed up a show, but I mean, again, that one show in Charlotte, not Charlotte, but uh, Charlottesville. Well, I was yes. close. In Charlottesville, it started you know, with C. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, we we had a lot of them stop on a dime and look at us like, 
who are these idiots? But because yeah. it was a house show, you know, no moss, no fuss. That's, I, that's why I kind of like house shows better than TV TV tapings or TV shows. Who's the most obscure wrestling guy that you saw that you thought for sure was going to be like something big and you never saw again? Oh, uh, God. So you're talking about like one that I've seen that should be picked up and was never picked up? Like a one-off. Like you saw this guy maybe at an oh. indie show or whatever, and you're like, dude, this is this is the guy. And then never saw him again. Mm-mm. I couldn't give me that one. Uh, there'd be so many to think about. Um. So I think it was NACW, um, DeVore's old promotion that he used to work in. And they had a guy, it may, it may have been actually MCW, I may take that back, I may say it's MCW, but there was a guy called the, the Ninja Warrior. I, I know you guys get tired of me talking about it. It's the one and only time I've ever seen some dude, and he did, he worked two different shows at the middle school and one at the high school, I think. No, well, yeah, that's because he lived here. But he did like this tiptoe DDT that I've only seen once in my entire life. And I never saw it again. And I thought to myself, this guy is a freaking maniac. He's going to be a star. And I never saw him again. But he would kick the guy in the gut. He jumped in the air. He literally tiptoed on the back of the guy's head, drops down, and hits a DDT. It was a freaking thing of beauty, and I never saw him again. It was a guy in a mask, so, I mean, he could literally be a huge star now. We never knew it, but... Yeah, well, I mean, so... Supposedly, this guy lived in Culpeper mm-hmm. because I had a friend that supposedly knew him. Now, you know, he would have been my age, but I had never seen him. Right. right? So because he was, he was, I guess, indie indie guy. Mm-hmm. And at the time, me being, you know, 14, 15, 16, there wasn't a lot of indie action in the area for me to go check out. I mean, it, it, rarely came to Culpepper after a certain point. Yeah. Um, I think there was that incident with Arn Anderson supposedly at the high school, and then after that, they stopped coming. <laughs> and then you you got, uh, you know, you would have a show maybe once every five years or some crazy So, But I never I never got to see him or meet him, but uh, there was, a, during school, there was a good friend of mine that said he knew who he was and had met him and, you know, when, you know, I guess, I don't know if the guy had kids or whatever, but supposedly he lived up in, like, Jefferson Denver oh, area geez. or something. That guy was just so, so freakishly talented and agile. Yeah. And he could he could fly all over the damn ring. More, way more. More than anybody else he was in the ring with. That's for damn sure. Because pretty much the shows that would come to Culpepper was MCW. There was UCW. And that was always, UCW was always the gritty show. It was always a fight. Like, you were going to see some wrestling, but most of it was pretty much a knockdown dragout. That's what I remember of seeing UCW, even when you were working with it, when you were repping. It, was, mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily not entertainment, because I, I think that the Woodies always had a feel for what would make people react, but it was, it was, it was athleticism. It was fighting. Like, that's well, yeah, it was, it, was, it was closer to what it was like again in the late 70s early 80s yeah yeah i would say it, it was more of an nwa style than um 
the entertainment aspect. And then MCW, when they came, it was more like, we're going to try gimmicks, we're going to try, you know... Yeah, the entertainment gimmicks. aspect. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that, do you remember the guy that used to put all the baby powder in his hair? And used to call himself like, like a zombie or something? Yes. However, now we, that you said we know baby who powder, he is. You know we know who he is. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> now, as you said, baby powder though, you got me thinking white. White turned into cauliflower, and that was a charismatic dude. That oh, cauliflower brown. Yeah. Cauliflower, yeah. He got to ROH. Yeah, he. But, you know what? Yeah. He made it pretty big. He made it pretty pretty much up there. I think he's kind of start kind of slimmed down. I think he's kind of just trimmed down his schedule and doesn't work as much, but. He was somebody that I thought was charismatic that could have been bigger. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. God, I, you know, it would have been nice if I thought about it and, like, uh, just started the, from the first show onward and, like, wrote the results down. Oh, my gosh. I still think there's more. There's plenty more of this to uncover. Because um, Rob, Rob, I'm sure, has other memories, too, that – Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I got, I got, I got plenty, you know, from like when we went to TNA Mm -hmm. again, the time you didn't go where, you know, we got to meet certain people because, you know, uh, the time I went and saw TNA at their studios in universal. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, there's just so much, um, that you, you take in and forget. And as much as we probably seen live, Mm-hmm. We've probably seen ridiculous amounts live. I mean, there was a time we not only would we pay for two pay-per-views, but we'd probably go see a show mm-hmm. at least once a month. And we haven't even you know, touched on the stuff we st- saw in Nova. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, again, another quality bed that probably burned out before it should because of mismanagement, dumb stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, All right, so before we wrap it up, one more thing. Yep. I just want I want the listening audience to know that um, the Re- the team formerly known as the Revival are not known as the Revolt because that is an actual separate independent wrestling uh, tag team that's been around for a while and has merchandise and everything with the Revolt on it. Uh, they are to be known as FTR. So all of us who've been claiming or have been calling them the revolt were wrong. Suck it up, FTR. Yeah, apparently uh, Caleb Conley and his tag team partner out of PWX uh, sent a cease and desist letter. Go figure. A cease and desist letter sent to the robot. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah. <clears throat> and the cool thing is, according to FTR, their people, they don't really care what FTR stands for for you. Right, right. You can, you know, FTR can stand for whatever. So let the let the shenanigans begin. Oh, God, no. <laughs> you well, know I what's going to happen when they, <laughs> when they get to AEW. Forever, we have yeah. F. You know, we have you know, any number of things. No, FTR is so. also a popular abbreviation used for the term future. <clears throat> but anyhow, mm. we have good call. We have reached 
we've reached our time. We gotta go, as Tony Schiavone would say. By the way, Shivani continues to be one of the best broadcasters in the game, if not the best right now. And well, let me just say that Jericho and Shivani should be what we have to look forward to when Jericho finally hangs up. Oh yeah, yeah, the, definitely. The boots. Definitely. If Jericho, somebody's not smart enough to to pay them to to commentate somebody's wrestling show, you're crazy. Oh, you know what? We we got to cover this because it was cool. Pineapple Pete and Jericho, by the way. <laughs> Totally worth it, even though it was short. Totally mm-hmm. worth it. Mm-hmm. And and for the record, that's that's the cool thing about AEW. They are bringing lesser known talent to a to a national stage, like Sugar Dunkerton, yep. Pineapple Peach, Suge D, whatever. And they're giving them an opportunity during this period to grow mm-hmm. and to become household names. To so try their good trade. for. Yep, good for them, good for Sugar. Yeah, man. And uh, let's rock on. All right, so you can catch up with Rob on Facebook at Rob Hefner, and he's on Instagram at RDHUWP. Brian is at the Twitter bot of STRCP21, and Brian Taylor on Facebook. The show can be found at Corner to Corner on Instagram. I can be found on Corner to Corner. Uh, excuse me, I can be found on Instagram at Stan Grubb. Um, and, of course, Twitter at C2C Radio Show on Twitter, Corner to Corner Wrestling Show on Facebook for the group and for the fan page. Hey, be sure to check out C2CRadioShow.com uh, for all of your wrestling needs. we got news. We've got Brian's Corner, which has got the updated March and April crate photos are up there. I even had to And we should be having a new one coming oh, okay. soon, very soon. And I will put it out there that it sold out prior to the pre-sales for subscribers. And coming really soon, we've got one that is in the process. I haven't finished the page because I've got, I'm waiting for Rob to send me some pictures, but Rob's corner is going to have some of his favorite collectibles. I'm going to have him highlight maybe one or two a week or maybe one or two a month. And we'll do a group write up on that. And then I am going to be putting a page together for favorite wrestling games, but not video games. Cause I think we beat that to death. We're going to go more obscure, and we're going to say wrestling card and tabletop games because God knows we got a few of those. I found a few, Brian, that we're going to have to test out. I got one by a company called Avalon Hill that's called Wrestling. It's a RPG card game. I've got multiple, and you know this, multiple RPGs of Squared Circle Wrestling, Main Event Wrestling, of course, WWF's Main Event stuff. We got the WWE Hero Clicks. Dice Masters, TNM, TNM, yep, uh, Rampage Wrestling. I'll be talking about that. We're going to do a lot of different spotlights. And hey, TNM is getting ready to release a brand new Windows Edition tournament. Which, hey, I don't care what he what he says. You gotta know that sooner or later this is leading to a brand new Windows Edition of TNM. Oh yeah, oh, a yeah. lot of excitement. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm honestly considering about getting the uh, that card game for the indie guys. Indie Supercard, uh, yeah. Here. Yeah. Um, that looks really cool, and it's a cool way to, to support our friends. Mm-hmm. Our yep. friends like sure. Mad Max, he's in there. So that's going to do it for Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio this week. Again, be sure to check out the website. And, hey, go to contact us and send us your feedback. We want to know what you think of the site. What do you want to hear more of on the show? Just click on where it says contact us. It takes you to a very simple form. 
Put your information in there. It comes to me. I'll share it with the fellas, and we'll go through there. Um, but thanks again for listening. We and if I don't like you. it, I'll be sure to uh, send you my feedback. Ooh, yeah, you don't want Brad's feedback. That could be bad. But, hey, thanks again for listening. We will catch up with you next week right here on C2CRadioShow.com, Spreaker.com slash Corner to Corner, and, of course, BeyondRingside.com. See you next week, everybody. Have a great night. Right now, you need dependable internet and endless entertainment. Xfinity has you covered with reliably fast speeds and advanced security included with the XFi Gateway, so your connected devices are protected. And when it comes to TV, Xfinity is your home for all your streaming apps, like Peacock. Plus, get contactless service visits and equipment drop-off. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity for reliable internet and access to your favorite apps right on your TV. To schedule your free contactless delivery, visit Xfinity.com or call 1-800-XFINITY. Restrictions apply. With all of my family's new smart devices, watch out for my drone. How do I know my network is secure? Simple. Our Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi covers them all with advanced network security, like my son's new game console. Level up. My daughter's new fitness tracker. Now push it. Even the baby monitor and the smart doorbell. I got it. Just turn it on in the Panoramic Wi-Fi app, because the more devices you have, the smarter your Wi-Fi security needs to be. Learn more at cox.com slash panoramic Wi-Fi. Ramic 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 Wi-Fi. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.